You deserve a hand for getting out of bed. We celebrate every little thing here at the Refuge Church Center. Let's get celebrating and appreciating. And we want you back next week. So we will celebrate you getting out of bed every Sunday. And thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Uh, it's a beautiful day to, uh, to go for a swim, right? It's a beautiful day to get dunked on the water. It's a beautiful day for baptism. So we so, so thrilled that today is a day of baptism. Uh, we have two more scheduled for the summer. We only do them in the summertime uh, just because uh, it gets cold up here in Maine. And, uh, and, so, and we're not allowed to do them inside, so we'll do them when we can. So um, it's going to be it's gonna be amazing. Uh, if you've never been a part of our, of our baptism service, uh, I believe that you are in for a treat, literally. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit quickly before we get started into our message about 21 Days of Prayer. 21 Days of Prayer starts August 4th, and it goes through August 24th. Uh, that's 21 days. And um, on August 5th, uh, we will open the church office, which is at my house, 125 North Warren Road. Uh, you can come and meet with me at 6 o'clock, and some others can, can join us uh, at 6 a.m., before you go to work, hopefully, and uh, just, just meet with us to, to pray and seek God together. Um, we do 21 days of prayer twice a year. We do it in August and we do it in January. Um, in, in January, we do it because uh, we're coming off of that Christmas time uh, and we need to detox from that sugar rush, right? Uh, we need to detox from the gluttonous season of Christmas where we focus a lot on us. And we want to, so, so the reason that we, that we fast is is to disconnect from the world, but the reason we, we pray is to connect ourselves to God. And so uh, we want to pray and seek God those two seasons, and the reason we do it in January is to come off that the summer or that Christmas detox, but also in preparation for the year uh, that is to come. Next year is 2020, and uh, it's, it's going to be August, we don't so much focus on fasting as much as we focus on prayer. Our, our focus is to get connected to God, to the God of the harvest that is, he's going to bring us a bountiful harvest in the fall. Come on, somebody, right? Like, it's going to be a great fall, and, um, and, and we're going to seek God during the month of August, um, the first 21 days of that year. And uh, you can fast along the way. I will probably do some fasting along the way, but it's not 21 days of focus fasting the way it is in, in January. So um, August 5th, I want to invite you to, uh, to pray with us um, at the church office. And then on Saturdays, because no one likes to get up at 6 a.m., uh, we'll get up at 9 o'clock and meet um, at the office. And that is, um, the reason we'll do that on Saturdays is because we are currently, I don't know if many of you know this, there is currently a small group of people that meet every Saturday at the church office at 9 o'clock to pray for Sunday. And so um, we're not going to change anything on Saturdays. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing uh, for the 21 days of prayer, and hopefully more people show up than come and go this morning. So um, it's going to be a good day. So um, today we are in the final week of Summer at the Refuge. Now, before you get too bummed, I, I want to announce that summer is not over, right? Just the summer series at the Refuge is over um, after this week. So uh, thank the good Lord we still have a good
good eight weeks left this summer. Um, at least that's what I'm claiming, right? I'm claiming eight weeks. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, man, this guy's really optimistic. That's right, I am really optimistic uh, that we have eight more weeks this summer. It's going to be a, it's going to be um, a good end of the summer because we're going to focus a lot during our training on those prayers. But leading up to it, um, we're starting a new series next week, and I've been tossing around some ideas on what I'm going to call it. I was gonna. <laughs> I was. Someone asked me this week, Adam. What are we gonna call the next series? What's the next series? And I said, Well, I'm thinking about calling it stale. Like that. That was the, really the name that I was thinking about it. And then I, he goes, or this person goes, That's not very um, appetizing. And I was like, Yeah, I don't want the messages to be stale. So maybe we'll go with something different. Maybe maybe it'll be stale. Maybe we get here and we'll be like, Man, that was a stale message. And then you can have kinds of jokes about being stale and depressing and all that stuff for the next four weeks, three weeks, four weeks. It's a four-week series that we have coming up here shortly. Um, but today, uh, we are in the final series, uh, final message of Summer After Refuge. And if you haven't been here for the summer, what we've been doing is we just kind of lost some structure for the summertime. Like a lot of times, we, we do a series where we focus on a certain topic. Like, the topic that I want to address in that message next week is just how the Bible talks about what God feels about people that are lukewarm or stale. And so, um, that was kind of the idea for, for the next series. So, we're going to focus on on growing in Christ and not remaining stale and lukewarm. That's the, that's the whole concept of that series. But the concept of this series has been, we have no structure. You don't know what you're going to get when you come into the refuge. On a Sunday morning during the summertime, I might talk about relationships. I might t- talk about discipleship. I might talk about pride. I might talk about about something that's going to help us grow. But you don't know the specific topic. If that makes any sense, does that make sense? Let me hear the head nod. Yeah. All right. Let me hear hear the rattle. And um, and so uh, today I want to talk to you. I was I was leaning towards one subject and on. Ladies and gentlemen, it was Thursday morning, and let me tell you, it's not good when God speaks to you Thursday morning and says, hey, you should rest. But that's what I did, because I'm, I'm doing my best to, to be obedient to, to following Him. And I was going to talk about a message. I, I spent the first couple days of my week preparing a message that would address something culturally. Like, I feel like, like our culture, I could, listen, I could preach about culture all day, every day, for the rest of my life, because... Because culture has a lot to work on. But then God just convicted me on Thursday morning and he said, Adam, you know what? Like, this week, focus on your people. Focus on the people that you have. And talk to them about something that will help their heart. Not the culture part. Your, your job isn't to pastor culture. That's not what I've called you to do. Your job is to pastor the Refuge Church. So this morning, I want to talk to you about something that I believe that all of us could use, myself included. And it's been a process of my entire life that I've, that I've worked on and that I'm still working on. Even though God has called me to start a church and to bring a home for people to be attached to, I still to this day work on finding no place like home. So I want to talk to you this morning on the subject of there's no place like home. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your 
has the answers that we are looking for. Father, I know that there are people that are in this room that feel lonely right now. There are people in this room that feel like they don't have anyone to attach to. Lord, there are people that, that just need friends. People that, that just need some place to call home. So Lord, I pray that this morning that this place would feel safe. That this place wouldn't feel weird or crazy. But it would feel like a place that they could call home. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 4. But if you don't have your Bibles and you have your cell phone or iPad uh, and you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, you're welcome to join me with all of today's notes uh, in the YouVersion Bible app. The way you find those are on the screen because it's a little complicated. You've got to get the app first of all, and then you've got to get to the, the lines at the bottom, and you have to go to more. It's just kind of complicated. So we just put them on the screen for you so we can find them. We don't want anybody to feel lost um, when it comes to our, our message notes this morning. Ephesians 4, 14 through 16, it says this. I'm reading out of the version called the New Living Translation. It says, when we will no longer be, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with a lie so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Say church. All right, they're still with me. Verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly because each part does its own special work. I love, I love the body. helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, um, go to the middle of your Bible, to the book of Psalms, chapter 68, and I want to point another verse out to you that um, doesn't really connect contextually, if I can use that big word, um, but, but it, it, does, it does connect topically, if that makes any sense. So, you, you, um, Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6, it says, Father to the fatherless, defender of the widows, this is the God whose dwelling is holy. Verse 6, God places the lonely in family. I love that topic. I love that verse. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But it makes the rebellious, but he makes the rebellious live in sun-scorched Today, if we had a big idea, the big idea would be this. God desires for all of us to be a, to, sorry, let me start all over. It's the big idea. It's like the most important thing that you'll say, and I've fumbled all over it this morning. So, the big idea for today is God desires for all of us, God desires all of us to have a place to belong. God desires for all of us to have a place for belong, if, to have a place to belong. If you are here this morning and you feel lonely, I want you to know this morning that's not God's plan for your life. He wants us to all belong, and He wants to give us families to belong to. And so we read in, in Ephesians chapter 
chapter 4, that he puts together this thing called a body. And he references it as Christ being the head of the body, which is the church. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know this morning that the place to call home, there is no place like home like the church, the local church. And so many of you know my story. Maybe some of you don't. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it this morning. So I'm the son of a preacher man. My dad's a pastor. He's still a pastor to this day. And uh, I grew up from the time I was um, I was little. My dad was a pastor, a youth pastor, associate pastor. About the time I was in the second grade, my dad decided he wanted to be a, a, a lead pastor, a senior pastor. And so... So that's what he did. The first church that he was at was in Shopsville, Kentucky, a little bitty small town. Um, I had a southern accent. Every once in a while, my car broke out a little bit. Um, <laughs> some of you guys are like, you talk, I knew you talked weird. So, But I lived in Scottsville, Kentucky for a little while. And then uh, we moved to this town called Rochelle, Illinois. Rochelle was my home. Like, it was, it was. I loved it. It's where I was a junior high kid. We were there for probably five years, and um, and I grew. Like as I'm watching my kids grow up, middle school, junior high age, like I'm watching how formative those years are. And and the years in, in Rochelle, Illinois, were formative for me. Well, my dad uh, got another job at a church in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, at the church in Rochelle, there was a pastor that had been the pastor for 30 years that was still a deacon in the church. From, and, and he led that thing for five years. It was, it was a miracle. Um, but we moved to Lexington, Kentucky. And before we moved to Lexington, Kentucky, we moved over Christmas break. But on Tuesday before Thanksgiving, the church literally caught on fire. The building itself caught on fire and burnt to the ground. And... Um, and that was on Thanksgiving. We moved over Christmas. And on Valentine's Day, the, the, the head of the deacon board, the head of the, of the church, came to my dad with another man and said, we want to tell you how much we love you on Valentine's Day. And if you don't quit, we're, we're going to vote you out. And so from Thanksgiving to Valentine's Day, my dad was on staff at this church. And, um, and it was hard. So I moved from Rochelle the middle of my freshman year into the, the next season. We moved at the end of my freshman year. By my sophomore year in high school, I was in my third high school. And my dad was on staff, as, at a, so, so he had some, some good loving friends come alongside of him and say, say, say Bill, you need, to, um, you need to heal and, and not leave and focus on healing, and so um, he became an associate pastor, and so he was an associate pastor for a full year until um, he really felt like God in his heart was telling him it's time to leave again, and so he went to the pastor, and he told him, I really feel like God wants me to be the senior leader again, and the senior leader, and the pastor of this church looked at him and said, all right, you got three months, three months to find a job, which isn't long, but it's his heart. Had changed, and as a pastor now, I kind of understand where he was at. 
before then, I was like, man, that guy looks pretty cool. And, and I, might be, I, might be, I might be exaggerating. It might have been one month. I don't know. So we moved from Fort Wayne, Indiana. So from Lexington, Kentucky, we were in Fort Wayne, Indiana. From Fort Wayne, Indiana, we end up moving to this place called Salem, Illinois, where I finally graduated high school after four high schools in four years. Um, and that's my story. So I know a thing or two about how churches can be. But there is still no place like home in the local church. We're going to talk about that. As I graduated high school, um, I went to, to my parents, and, and I knew, I knew God was, was calling me to ministry. And like, like we use, I'm going to use that word call, and I want to explain that. Basically, when we say God's call, what we're saying is God's plan. This is God's plan for my life. And so, so I knew God's plan for my life was to be a pastor, was to, 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 to be in ministry. My senior year of high school, I went to my parents and I said, Mom and Dad, I, I, I really want to be, like, I feel like God wants me to be a pastor. And my mom looks at me and she goes, what? I said, I, I want to be a pastor. I want to go to school and be a, become a minister. And she looked at me and she said, after all we've been through as a family, how could you want to do this? <laughs> because I had seen it. I knew, I knew what I was getting myself into. And I think I, I gave her the old Charles Spurgeon quote. And Charles Spurgeon said, if God's called you to be his servant, then why stoop to be a king? And I was like, there's nothing else I'd rather do, Mom. And so... I decided at that time that I was going to go to Bible college. I was going to get my, my Bible degree, and I was going to become a, a pastor. The truth is, I've been hurt by the church. But I know that God's plan for my life is the sweetest life to live. And if there's any, if, if I get on my own plan, then my life is a wreck. And it's, and it's miserable. So if you're trying to live your own plan this morning, I want you to see there's no sweeter plan than God's plan for your life. And so there's no place like home like the local church. Now, there's the local church and there's the universal church, and I want to talk about both of them. Because the universal church is, is, is all Christian. My, my brother, Pastor Anthony, I'm so glad that, that him and Christy are here this morning, um, and, and we want to honor them. But he, he pastors Granite United Church. They are a part of the Big C Church, and I am so thankful that God gave me that illustration this morning right here, right on my lap, to show you guys what the universal church is. We belong to a network of churches that we're a part of, that we come alongside of, that we support. We couldn't be here today without guys like Pastor Anthony. So God gives us the big C church to help us, to help restore trust a little bit. But then he makes the local church. And we are the refuge church. That is the local church that, that we are. Granite United is the local church. 
have to look at how sick they are. And God's plan for our life isn't, isn't just the, un, the universal church. That's a part of it. But God's plan for our life is the local church. So that, and, and I love the, the picture of the body. Because he wants you to be a part of a body. A body of believers that are working together and growing together. Just like Ephesians 4 says. That, that this part helps this part grow. Ladies and gentlemen, if, if, if you're going to go and you're going to visit this church and that church and this church and that church. Your body is, isn't going to grow the way that it's supposed to. It's not. Your, your own personal soul, your relationship with Jesus, it doesn't grow. If it's, if it's a part of, of this church and that church, this body and that body, it's the body that helps, helps us grow together. There, was, there are three decisions that I have made in my almost 40 years that have changed my life. The first decision that changed my life was my, my yes to Jesus. When I said yes to follow Jesus, it changed my life. And, and that's one reason why we celebrate baptism, because it's, it, it's, it's not necessarily the saying yes to Jesus part, but it's telling everybody that I've said yes to Jesus. And that step will change your life. That's why we celebrate. That's why we celebrate great baptism, because there, it's a big deal. But when I said yes to Jesus, it changed my life. Personally, I was, at, I was a, at an early age when I came to know Jesus. I was almost five years old. Not quite. My mama made sure that I knew what I was doing when I did it, even though I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I'm thankful I didn't. But because if I could have understood everything that I was doing, I still would have done it, but it might have been a little bit more difficult. And as a five-year-old, there's no way I could, but Jesus said, come to me and take my child. And so I did. That's when I, that's when I came to know Jesus. And at five years old, I made the, one of the, I made the most de- important decision, the most life-changing decision that I could ever make. The second most important decision, that, or the second biggest life-changing yes that I have ever said is to my my mama, my sugar mama, my wife, my boo thing, right? I want to be half the man that I was without her. And let's be honest, she took a little more convincing to say yes to me. (laughs) Like there was one time she broke up with me. One time. She only broke up with me once. And uh, that was the most miserable five days of our lives. And uh, finally on Easter Sunday, I go, to my, I go to my church. My dad was the pastor of it. And he said, Adam, you've got to eat something, man. You are miserable. You are looking, like, you look dead, man. Like, like you got to go home and eat. Your mom made a great Easter breakfast this morning. You didn't touch it. So I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cheer up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing. And so I went home and I got something to eat. And I took a, I took a picture by a, a flower plant. Uh, that afternoon in my, my my Easter Sunday suit, Sunday best, and I sent it to Tanya, and I said, 
I'm going to post this one on eHarmony. I was such a nerd. eHarmony is a dating website for those of you that don't know what, what that is. Is eHarmony even around anymore? <laughs> Match.com, baby. And, uh, <laughs> and she starts thinking. I didn't realize what it was going to do to her. But she starts thinking about life without Adam. She didn't like life without Adam. Boom. Yes to Adam. Got it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, fellas, if you're having trouble with your ladies, I can't help you. I can't help you. I can't help you. Eharmony.com. <laughs> See, that website's so good, it even puts together when it's not trying to put people together. Um, the third most important decision in my life was when I decided to join myself to a local church. Point blank. I decided that regardless of the junk that I went through, regardless of the life that I had gone, been a part of, the, the heartache, the, the misery of moving from high school to high school and church to church, and youth group to youth group, and team to team, regardless of, of all of that stuff, it was worthy of my joining church. I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. That if, if we want to impact this world, if we want to impact this world, we say uh, to know God, to live free, to to, find, to discover your purpose and to make an impact. If you want to make an impact on the world, it starts with being a servant of God in the local church. And we do that on our dream team. And so when we want you, when, when we say that we want you to join our team, it's not, it's not for us. It's so that you could be connected to the body. So that you could be connected to what Jesus wants you to be connected to. I had this thought this morning as I was thinking about today's message, and I thought, how can people say that they belong to Jesus and not belong to his body? How can, how can we say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but not be connected to the body of I'm afraid of the answer, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of there's a lot of questions that I ask myself. But I'm afraid of the answer. I can ask myself those questions because I don't know those answers fully. But I'm confident that Jesus wants you to be a part of His body. And if and if we have a desire to belong to Him, then we have we we should have a desire to be a part of His body too. I know that we're all human. I know that we're all messed up. What was the thing that was beautiful about joining the local church for me, ladies and gentlemen, was I was messed up. Do you know when I wanted when I knew I wanted to be a, a, a minister or a pastor? It was when I was in the eighth grade. Just before we went on that miserable moving tour. I was in the eighth grade. 
the reason I knew I wanted to be a, a minister was because I was serving in the kids' ministry when I was in the eighth grade. Because I was teaching those kids. Because I was I was a deacon in my dad's church by the time I was a senior in high school. That was that, that was goofy. I don't even know what that church was thinking. Having a senior in high school be a, a leader in the church. But I was. And because I saw what God did, not what the people did, what God did, I knew it was something that I had to give my life to. I'm convinced, ladies and gentlemen, that God calls us to two different things. He calls us to people, and he calls us to places. He'll call us to people, and he'll call us to places. God has called me to Windham, Maine, and, and he's called me to the state of Maine. But along the way, he's called me to people. My pastor is Dick, Pastor Derek Pride. You guys know him. God's called me to him. Along the way, God called, called Saul to Barnabas, right? Elijah to Elisha. So he calls people and he puts them together. God will call you to people and he will call you to places. I want you to know this morning that the place that he wants all of us to be is found in the local church. And so when I joined the local church, I found that it gave me five things. I'm going to give you five quick things, and then I'll be done. Five things that the local church does for me, and it can do for you too, is the local church will build your faith. The local church will build your faith. We live in a world that lacks faith, right? It lacks faith in people, and it lacks faith in God, and it lacks faith all the way around. We say at the refuge that faith is belief plus trust, right? So you can't have faith without trust. You can't. You have to trust God to have faith in God. You have to have, you have to trust people to have faith in people. I want you to know that when the church builds your faith, it doesn't just build your faith in God, but it also builds your faith in people. You see, when you sign up to serve at the Refuge Church, we trust that you're going to be there. And as you show up, we realize, oh, our faith is growing in humanity. The reason, ladies and gentlemen, that you need to be a part of the local church is so that your faith can grow in people and in God. The second thing that we get from the church is the local church will give you a place to belong. It will give you a place to belong. We, we, we said when we first started our team, and we still say it to this day, that you don't have to believe what we believe to belong at the Refuge Church. We believe that. But do you know why we believe that? Because we know that it's not going to take you long to believe what we believe. When you see the things that we see, we know it won't take long for you to put your faith in Jesus and to follow him. So you don't have to believe what we believe to belong here, but it's not going to take long. We're going to warn you. It's not going to take long. Eventually, you'll start to see things and you'll start to go, whoa, maybe this God is real. Maybe this faith will change my life. Psalm chapter 
92, verse 12 through 14. It says, But the godly will flourish like a palm tree and grow strong like cedars in Lebanon. For they are transplanted planted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in courts of God. Even in old age, even in old age, it says, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that when you float from house to house, there is no fruit there. Because your roots can't take, you, you, you can't take root, you can't grow. And beca- so because of that, when you float from house to house, you can't grow into that tree that God wants you to grow into. The godly will flourish. Number three, the third thing that we see is the local church will help you become all that God wants you to be. I promise you that. The local church will help you become all that God wants you to be. I wouldn't be here as a church planner if I wasn't a part of the local church. That's, that's obvious, right? Well, duh, Adam. But I wouldn't have been serving in the eighth grade and know at that young of an age that God wanted to be, wanted me to be a pastor. The church, because I was a part of it, helped me learn what it meant to become a godly man. The church, because I was a part of it, helped me learn what it means, what it meant to serve. The church helps me learn how to give. The church helps me learn how to impact my community for Jesus. The church is the one that helps me grow into being the person that I want to be and that God wants me to be. Helps me be the pastor that I want to be. Helps me be the father that I want to be. Why? How? How does it work? Because I watch every one of you fathers father your children. I, I watch you mothers learn how to like, lead in, in, in mothering your kids. And my, my wife can grow to be a better mother because she's a part of the local church. I am who I am today because I was a part of something. Number four, the local church will teach you how to behave. They'll teach you how to behave. Some of you are like, I'm I'm not so sure what to do with you. Perfect. That's exactly, we want you here. Those are exactly the type of people that we want here. I'll never forget um, our, on our launch team, before we started, we're getting ready to enter into the 21 days of prayer. And so hopefully this will make sense. On our launch team, when I was, when, um, so it was January 2017. So we started the church March 5th of 2017. And um, we're getting ready to do 21 days of prayer for January. We encouraged our team, our whole team, to be a part of our 21 days of prayer. And we said, you know, we're going to fast. And, and, and we explained that a little bit. And we talked and we talked about what fasting meant. And, and so all these people are, are thinking of things they want to fast. And a lot of them would use the word to give up because they were used to, to Lent. Which the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, fasting is just, it's just a rule. And so, uh, this guy on our team, 
five, the last one, the local church will help make your life so much bigger than it is. The local church will help make your life so much bigger than it is. It will maximize your impact. You see, the resources that we have because we're one body, because we're a group of people, are so much greater than if it was just me trying to run this thing. We have far more, more resources. And, and we're building our resources right now. That's the beauty of a church plant. We're building our resources. And where we lack, we know guys like Pastor Anthony Milas. I can say that because he has given to us. He has helped us. Our resources go far greater when you're a part of it become bigger. I don't think there's anyone that's a part of this world that will tell you that your life will be less if you attach to something greater than you are. When you attach yourself to something greater than you are, your faith grows, you become better, you become a better follower, you become a better husband, and it's just so much, so much better than what it is. Pastor Adam, like, I understand that you've been hurt by the church, but you don't, you don't know what the church did to me. You don't understand how hurt I've been by people. You know what I learned as a boy? My mom was a good cook. But every once in a while, she'd burn the biscuits. And just because my mama burnt the biscuits a few times, going back to the kitchen because I knew eventually I'd get I'd get a good meal. Ladies and gentlemen, don't don't throw away God's body, Jesus' body. Don't don't throw it away because you've been hurt once or twice. You won't heal if you just throw it away. But you will heal if you stay a part of it. 
if you if you attach yourself to it no one heals in isolation you don't you see i understand that risking yourself in relationships is difficult especially after you've been hurt but you know what's more dis- difficult risking yourself in isolation that's more difficult because when you're hurt and you're lonely if, 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 if you have a cut on your arm and you're alone it's a lot more likely that you bleed out when you're alone than when you're, when you're with, with people I get it it's risky but God wants us be a part of something that is greater. Something that he calls his body. When I was in college, I learned, I, I took a, a class called Ecclesiology. It stands for, it's called the study of the church. And in Ecclesiology, I, I learned the most, the illustration that just blew my mind when it came to the church, and it was this, it's quick. The body of Christ, the church. When you look at my body, what do you see? You don't see Adam Harold. What you see is you see what physically represents me, Adam Harold. I'm sorry, it's all you got. This. A body isn't who a person is. A body represents them. That's why I said, I don't know how we can say that we belong to Christ and not belong to his body. Because the body represents Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason I believe that the hope of the world is found in the local church is because the church is the physical representation of who Jesus is. We don't have Jesus as a man that, that walks this earth anymore. But we still have his body Real quick, two things. God doesn't want you to be alone. If there's someone in this room this morning that is alone, that's trying to figure it all out on your own. I want you to know that you weren't intended to figure it out alone. You were intended to figure it you were intended to figure it out with others. God wants to take the lonely this morning and place him in a family. And it's not just the family of the refuge church, ladies and gentlemen. It's the family of God. And maybe you're here and you're alone. God's saying, I want to place you in my family. You see, the Bible teaches us that there's that that because of our sin, we were separated from God. We were cast out of his, his family. We were thrown out of his family. Because of our sin, where God is, sin can't be. And so he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us so that we could be brought back into the family of God. 
without Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. We aren't a part of God's family. So this morning I want to ask, is there anyone here this morning that would say, Pastor Adam, I have never trusted Jesus. Or maybe you have and you've lost it. Maybe you have and, and, you, and you, you're not as committed to him as you were. Would you do me a favor? Would you slip your hand up and say, say Pastor Adam, that's me. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Would you raise your hand this morning? I want to lead you in a prayer that would say yes to Jesus. Just repeat after me in your heart. And after you say this prayer, there's the connection card on the back of it. Just mark it down. That you, that you write down your name and, and mark it down that you said this prayer. Say, say, say God, I come before you this morning. And I ask you, eyes closed, and we're looking around. At this time, if you are getting baptized today, you can exit to my right, your left, um, the, the, behind the next step station. So maybe you've given your heart to Jesus this morning, or maybe you've given it to him in the past, and you're sitting here, and you're like, you, you got to church this morning, you're like, man, I wish I would have known it was baptism Sunday, I would have done that. We've got everything that you need to get baptized this morning if you want to make that decision today. We've got shorts, we've got shirts, we've got towels for anybody that wants to get baptized this morning. So in this moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you to, to exit the same, the same door that they did, all right? So to your right, um, by the next step station, behind the next step station, is one of our prayer team members. But maybe some of you are here this morning and you and you're wondering what the next step is because you want to be a part of of the local church that is known as the refuge. Next Sunday we do this thing called My Refuge. We do it the first, second, and third Sunday of every month. And it's so that you can know what it means to be a part of our body. We don't want you to join a part of, be a part of something that you don't know what you're doing. We want to tell you everything that you're getting yourself into. But you don't have to even do that to be a part of our dream team. To serve. You don't serve for us, you serve for you so that you can grow. So we've got prayer team members that are at the stairs that would love to pray with you. We've got our next steps group. If you want to be a part of our dream team after today, go, go and see our next steps group and they will write your name down, your email address down, and we will follow up with you. That's all it takes. God, I thank you for your presence, for your word. I thank you, God, that you promise us that you don't want us to be alone. 
take them lonely and you place them in families and you place them in the family of God. But the family of God is divided up into tribes, tribes known as the local church. Where we can not only find the hope of the world, but we can be the hope of the world together. Lord, the town of Gwinda, Maine needs you. God, help us. Help us to reach you. God, help us. Help us to be the hope that this world needs. We love you, God. We want to serve you so that we can make an impact. Not for us, but to your name be the glory. For you, name I pray. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you give God a hand today? Come on. God is good. God is good. We're going to sing a song together. And on your way out, before you leave, stick around for the baptism. We like to celebrate, and there's no better way to celebrate than with ice cream. So there's an ice cream truck outside. Don't you dare pay for your ice cream. I'm paying for your ice cream this morning. I understand the church is paying for your ice cream. Let's celebrate together. Give God another hand. Come on. Come on.